Welcome back to Shots Fired Pod. This is Jack. Hope you're having an amazing day. Um, it is a beautiful day here in Noosa. I have been working out, doing some editing, had a little business meeting, had a couple coffees with friends. It's just been like an amazing day. Ideal. Getting things done but having fun. That's the name of the game. Um, today we're going to talk about money stuff. Um, just wondering if I have any updates before then. I don't think I really do. I don't think I'm in an update mood, so maybe we'll just have an extensive update next time. Um, but first, I'm just going to I'm going to talk about some like business finance stuff, some personal finance stuff, and then I put a question bo- box on my Instagram about some like quick tips for budgeting, saving, all those things. So I'll read those out. Um, I'll reference a few things that I've listened to recently and then I've just got a few like I want to do a new little segment fun exciting um where I just share the audio of TikToks that I've saved and really like in the last week so I'll have some of those at the end as well um but first we're just gonna crack right on into it um how to define your salary so this is kind of what I was faced with in January changing from sole trader to a company and paying my own salary I was like how do I figure out how much to pay myself? And like, is there a strategy? What do I do? Like, I had no idea. Um, And this is the process that I went through. This was how um, I was advised to do it and it's worked well for me. Um, I do want to preface this with none of this is financial advice. (laughs) I am not a financial advisor. Um, This is just me telling you things that I do or things that I should be doing if I'm not. (laughs) So hopefully it'll whip me into shape as well. Um, but yes, please do not like take this as me telling you what to do and please don't sue me. Okay. So first of all, you're going to get a spreadsheet out. We love an Excel girly. Um, and you're going to list out everything, all of your expenses. Um, the way I did this was I printed out all of my statements from all credit cards or bank accounts. And I literally went through them one by one for at least three months Um, and listed all of those things, broke them down into categories and added all of those things up. So you need to categorize everything into different lumps. Um, You can do this however you want. I did like rent, groceries, um, cosmetic, pharmacy, medical, health, you know, whatever categories that like best suit for you that you – most important thing is like you know what's in those categories and you know how that – figure has added up you also need to remember in this like you're averaging out you're not you're not don't just look through one month and be like oh I only spent like 20 bucks at the pharmacy cool I'll budget 20 bucks um, because you might not have been sick that month uh, or you might not have been injured so like when I did my ankle I was spending a lot of money on strapping tape because <laughs> I need a lot of strapping tape now I'm not I don't have tape Um, but there's so many things like that. Like you're not going to get your hair cut every month. You're not going to buy new underwear every month. So think about all of those things. And this is like a process that will come as time goes on, like guaranteed in like three to six months, you'll come across something that's like, ah, definitely didn't think about putting that in the budget, but that's okay. That's just how we like adjust and move on from there. So try as much as you can to include all of those like one-off random things. 
average this out and err on the side of caution. So if I went through and I saw like from the pharmacy, I spent about maybe 50 bucks, I would be like, okay, maybe I include like 80 just in case, like just so you have that little buffer, but you don't want to be crazy and be like, I'm going to include $200 just in case, because then you're going to do that to every category. And then you're going to have this like super unrealistic wage for yourself. So like err on the side of caution, but still be conservative overall. That's what I would say. That's, I mean, that's what I've done myself, not advice. Um, so then plot these figures into Excel and like be honest with yourself. Is that realistic? So one of the things I did was like there was a section for gifts and I was like mm, 50 bucks, just like random number out of my head. And then I was like, okay, well, who do I buy birthday presents for? And I added those people up generally. And then I was like, okay, Christmas, who do I – what do I – by for Christmas usually and I started to add the figures up divided it by 12 and I was like wow this is so much more than 50 bucks a month um, so be really realistic because if you give yourself like a unrealistic budget you're just shooting yourself in the foot it's not helping anyone if you find that it wasn't enough you can always you know increase it a little if it was like way too much you can either like allocate that to extra savings or you can cut it down a bit to have more in the business like that's kind of up to you and, and your accountant will or financial advisor will tell you what to do there. Um, it That also depends on a lot of things like are you saving for a house? Do you need to make the business look super profitable? Do you just want to prioritise getting a big wage so you can have more like savings aside for a deposit? All these different things um, and you can also do a conservative one and then look at quarterly bonuses instead but Basically, what I've done is tried to be as conservative as I could. Um, and then each month I've reassessed and been like, okay, how did that go this month? Oh, I didn't have enough here. I had too much there. I didn't really eat out. So um, maybe I can reassess that figure. And every month, if you just keep reassessing and look at it, then you will get closer and closer to this really accurate budget. Um, and the most important thing is like you're aware most people are bad with money because they're just so unaware of what they're even spending, what's coming in, what's going out. It's just like constant moving parts. If you're really, really aware of what you're spending on, then that is the most important thing and the biggest thing that's going to help you in the long run. Okay, so that's how you define your salary. And then amongst all of those other things, I'm just going to give some quick tips that I do um, within the business. So set up regular transfers. Regular transfers, um, I mean, I do these in personal for savings and investing. That comes out of my salary anyway. But from the business, I do regular transfers for bass and super. I put those aside every single month so that when tax time, tax time comes, I'm ready, immediately, paid, done, move on, get it out of the way. Um, I will occasionally, if I have like a really big influx of income, into my like main transactions business account, I will sometimes just transfer a chunk of that over to the business savings where that money is held just in case I need more than I anticipated or it's just like a nice buffer to be there in that um, business savings in case anything happens. If you get a, God forbid, you get a fine from the tax man, something like that, then you're prepared. Um these are expenses as far as you're concerned. You do not touch these. This is not like 
oh, I dropped my camera. I need a new one. I'll take some money out of my business savings. That's your tax money. Um, You need to figure out another way. Do not touch it. Reconcile regularly or get a bookkeeper. Um, I found it was easier for me to just get a bookkeeper because for me, time was more valuable than the money it costs to pay someone to do it. That's just a trade-off you need to decide on. Um, Mistakes and mishaps happen when things get messy in your Xero or whatever like software you're using. So even if you have Xero, it's not like automatic. It's not like you download, I mean, you sign up for Xero and then everything's all like organized and amazing. Like you need to be in there categorizing and keeping up to date so that you can look at your projections and you know exactly what's coming and going. Otherwise, you're just going to have these like, you have these quick figures in your dashboard and they're going to be totally unrealistic and like not reflecting what's actually going on. So you want those figures to be realistic and reflecting what's actually going on. Otherwise, they're just useless and will probably stitch you up big time. Separate your business and personal funds. That's a big one. This helps you stick to budgets and be more realistic with what you can afford within your business. Um, It's critical to money management. It's also better for tracking profitability, reconciling, monitoring, spending, all of those things. Like if you have everything coming out of the one account, which I used to have when I was a sole trader, um, you just end up dipping into personal funds for business and you end up dipping into business funds for personal. It's just like this big flow back and forth. And then you get in this position where I was, where you were like, okay, how much is my salary? How much do I actually need? What's my business outgoings? I was like, I have no idea what my regular business outgoings are because I just pay them and it's all mixed up and there's no organization. So I did another Excel spreadsheet with all of the business expenses, all of the regular ones. So then I knew month to month, this is what I need at a minimum to like, you know, go get by. And this is actually a necessity if you have a company, like you have to have another account. Um, If you are a sole trader, I still recommend separating because, yeah, you don't want to be dipping into both. Time your purchases. Time larger expenses or yearly subscriptions with your cash flow. So you don't have every single subscription renew in low season, which is exactly what I did. (laughs) It's just, um, it's really quiet at the moment. Everyone's really quiet. Pretty much um, in like every industry, it's just kind of the economy and what's going on right now. But I got hit with all of my, you know, like my Canva, my, it's not that much, but you know, they add up when you've got like five of them all together. And if you have like all of your insurances and like car payments and um, utilities all hit you at once and you're in low season, that's going to like really feel like a hit. So if you time these in like a season where you know you're going to have a little more cash flow, then that's a really good way to do it. Don't make unnecessary purchases until you have paid all of your bills. That's a biggie. Pay your bills first. Don't be late on your taxes, people. It's not fun. Um, Wait until you have the cash on hand to cover new expenses. Make sure you're leaving a buffer. Um, You never know when something essential will completely cark it. So I like to leave like a five to 10k based fund in the business account at least just so I know like if shit goes to hell and my cameras break I can like in a pinch go out and buy a new one um, get whatever I need and not have to like dip into anything else not have to put it on credit cards not have to like do any of that stuff 
Create a business budget. So I kind of tapped into that earlier, similar with the personal budget. Um, make a spreadsheet of all of your outgoings. And again, you're going to have to look at mi- w- like weekly, monthly, yearly, and those random one-off payments like cameras that are, you know, three to five years, you might buy a new one. So they're easy things to forget about because um, you can add up all of those regular things. You could go through your bank statements for the last two years and they still might not be in there and you might think like that's fine if when I new need a new camera I can like get that money when it comes to it but if you're not setting that aside just to put it into perspective say you're getting like an A9 Sony I'm a Sony gal and that's a $9,000 camera body it might be like yeah I can I can figure that out when the time comes but that's say you it's three years until you need to buy that then you're it's probably a 9K body, I think, $9,000 body, then you're going to need to set aside $250 a month in order to afford that in three years. That's still a lot of money. Like you need to be allowing room in your budget for those things um, that are really like rare purchases. Review, Review your costs. As you're creating this spreadsheet, you may be surprised at what you're spending in certain areas. Um... Assess what they actually are and if they're making you anything and if they're like worth it because a lot of the time you might be paying for say a subscription service or a software or I don't know a piece of equipment or something that you thought was going to be beneficial and it's actually not you know making you that much. Not many people are using that feature or whatever it is. Um, So constantly be reviewing these things because you might find that you actually don't need them. It's easy to lose track of these things and they add up pretty quickly. Um, So I like to review these things either monthly for certain things like subscriptions or quarterly and I actually plug into my calendar when subscription payments are due. Um, So I'm aware when they're coming up and if I'm like, oh, I actually don't need that monthly subscription again this year, I can just cancel it before that happens. Don't get slack on your invoicing. So this is where a CRM will come in handy. Oh my God, I'm s- sorry, Noah's being an absolute maniac. Um, this is where CRM can be really good because it automates a lot of that and it keeps track of it really well. But it just, yeah, it helps that you're really on top of in all things invoicing, especially when you work with a business that has like deposit and remaining amounts. And say with weddings, those two amounts could be like two years apart. And if you don't have a good invoicing system and you don't keep track of like how much they've paid, how much they owe, like it's really easy to get lose track of those things. Um, less so as a like photographer who works alone, but say I had an associate team of like five other photographers and I'm five timing, times in my workflow and I'm not keeping track of my invoicing well, it's going to be absolute chaos and be really messy and an absolute nightmare to sort out. So send invoices out right away, set clear payment terms and set up follow-ups and reconcile regularly again. The next one is about social media and ads. Um, I have a new marketing consultant who's helping me with some like social media strategy stuff. She's amazing. Hi, Steph. And this is what she's taught me. Don't buy ads if organic marketing isn't working. Um, You want to boost things that are working organically randomly boosting something that you think looks good but like has no strategy and like 
isn't working organically anyway is not going to give you the best results. So create a social strategy that works alone without having to spend. And once you nail that, then you can start to assess where to put paid paid ads in. Forecast your revenue. Zero does this for me really well. Um, I can track what's coming in, what's going out. And they also, like with those subscriptions, they start to recognize patterns. Say if every month on the 10th I get a bill from Dubsado, then they'll know that's coming up next month again and they'll factor that into this um, forecasted revenue. And also just generally keeps you up to date with your business finances on the day-to-day so you're really acutely aware of exactly where you stand and you can't like fool yourself. It's so easy to be like, okay, I have a wedding coming up on the weekend. They need to pay me a remaining of four grand. Um, I want to get this new lens. I can like cancel that payment out with that lens and I'll be even Stevens. <laughs> but that doesn't take into account like probably 10 other things you're going to have to buy in that week. And you might be allocating in your mind that new piece of equipment or expense, whatever it is, to that same invoice, if that makes sense. So in your mind, you're like, oh, that's fine. I'm getting paid four grand in a week. Oh, that's fine. I can do that. I'm getting paid another 500 bucks two days later. And you get into this pattern of like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And sometimes it's not fine. (laughs) So be really on top of the um, forecasted revenue and what you've got going out. And just like really don't fool yourself. If you have like 10,000 in the business savings, you may feel like you're doing great and you don't have anything to stress about and you can invest in some upgrades and new gear or like travel a bit or whatever. Um, But if you have to replace a camera in a week, in a pinch, and at the same time your insurance is suddenly due and then you have other large payments due at the same time, then you're suddenly right back down to zero again. So really be aware of what these outgoings are in the next like you know short term so you can really know where you stand I really love that forecasting feature it's also how I like decide when to stop taking bookings for a certain month because if I hit the point where I'm like I'm making plenty of money in that month I don't need to kill myself to make like a tiny bit more that's not gonna like increase my happiness by any significance I can just call it off and then if I want to keep working within that time, I can use it to work back end and like develop the business more. So then I can earn more and work even less and keep that pattern flowing. So that's that. Um, personally, so I was listening to Girls Gotta Eat podcast and this is like a bit of a random one for them. They do these like from time to time that like aren't because they're like a sex dating relationship podcast. But this one was like a money money expert guy his name's Ramit Sethi and he just described this in a a way that really I really liked his kind of outlook on it Um, so his whole philosophy is like spend lavishly on the thing that means a lot to you on the thing singular so what is your thing are you like a car person are you the person who loves to travel do you just love to be like at home and cozy and love your space Are you like a massive health and wellness person? Like pick one category that you want to like lavishly and guilt-free spend on and that can be you live in large. But you need to like rein back everything else. (laughs) So he says he recommends this breakdown. 
of like percentages of where your funds are going. 50 to 60% on fixed costs. So this is 50, 50 to 60% of your salary. And those things are like rent, monthly bills, debt payoff, other necessities, car payments, utilities, all of that kind of stuff. 10% should go into investments, 5 to 10% into savings, um, 20 to 35% is your guilt-free spending. So that's like if you want to get your nails done, if you want to get a facial, if you want like a really bougie gym membership, if you want that fancy car, um, if you like to eat out a lot, like that's your guilt-free spending zone. Um, and just make sure it's not all of those things like because that's when you start to get into a bit of debt. If you lose lose sight of how much you can actually afford and you're like, ooh, live lavishly and you decide to like go wild on all of those things, you're going to be in for a rude awakening because having a fancy car is cool but being in debt is not. Not cool. Okay. I'm going to just reply. I put that question box up on my Instagram and I'm just going to reply with a bunch of like quick money tips that people said that they use or that they recommend. Don't have a partner who's financially irresponsible or an impulse spender. Good one. Prevent food wastage. Make a menu and go shopping for the week. Use recipes that will result in you using all of the groceries purchased and freeze leftovers. I need to be better at this. I'm one of those people who's like goes to the grocery store and I'm like, broccolini, potato, zucchini. Yep, I like all of those things and I'll bring them home. I'll put them in the fridge and then I'll like not have things in mind to make with them or like have things in mind but not actually be like, okay, Monday I'm having this, Tuesday I'm having this, Wednesday I'm having this and then I just end up throwing stuff out and I really dislike that I do that. So I'm trying to be a lot better with that. Wait a month for purchases. If you still want it, you can get it. You're usually over it by then. Um, ask phone, internet, etc. providers for reduced rates. I've heard this actually works. I haven't tried it, but curious. Share streaming services with friends. Um, I feel like I do this unintentionally. Like I'll go to a friend's place, sign into <laughs> a service and then leave it there for them and then they'll, they'll do the same for me. Um, but I heard Netflix is cracking down on this and they're creating like a different subscription option for people who do that I don't know how they're going to figure that out but interesting use the 7-eleven fuel app yes I do this all the time it's a fuel lock so you just um, create an account get in the app and then you can select what type of fuel you use 98 and then you can search 50k radius and lock in the cheapest price so sometimes that's like the same server that you're at and then you don't actually save any anything but other times I've I've literally saved up to 35 bucks on one tank of gas by using this app it is so good Um, so like for instance when I'm traveling a lot if I know it's cheaper in Brisbane I can drive down to Brisbane lock in like fill up lock in that price come back to the sunny coast and then like five days later I can fill up on the sunny coast at that same price and vice versa so it's really good It it just locks it in for a week I'm pretty sure You don't need to impress others. Debt is the biggest ick. Agree. Have a budget. Nice one. Don't have children. Good tip. (laughs) Two-minute noodles, also a good tip. Probably a college person. 
Limit alcohol. Yeah, I've actually spent way less on alcohol. I mean, I was never like a huge drinker, but um, I used to have like a wine weekly, weekly, monthly wine subscription. Um, and then I would just get stuff here and there or go out here and there and that saved me a lot of money. Don't be bad at gambling. Some would say don't gamble, but just don't be bad at it. <laughs> Buy used vehicles. That's what I did. I mean, my car is pretty delightful and I just paid for it up front. It's great. Bring made lunch to work. When you make more money, don't increase your lifestyle. Big yes. That is such a common thing. If you can't buy it twice, don't buy it at all. I have heard this one actually. I've also heard like, I mean, it's the exact same thing, but it's worded like, if you bought something once and it broke or you lost it or it got stolen and you don't feel like you would buy it again, don't get it at all. File and pay your taxes on time every time. Mm-hmm. Don't drink, been saving for years now. Another one. Book hotels that offer free breakfast. That was me in Europe backpacking. I would literally, oh, this is so gross. I would go to the like shitty little breakfast buffets and make like egg sandwiches and stuff from the boiled eggs and the breakfast stuff and just take them with me to try and save money. Uh, Earn more. Good one. Only purchase necessities when starting up. Fair. Learn to cook new meals with market produce, usually cheaper. Make coffees at home. List some items you really desire and work towards that goal. Use fixed rate rate payments where possible. If you can, invest the rest. Establish a separate bank account. Put an amount into it the same day each week, every week. It doesn't matter how much it is, but if it must be the same amount every week. For example, $20. Do not take any out. If and when you think you can raise the figure, do so, but adhere to the same rules. And the lucky last, don't spend. That one was from my sister. Thanks, Katie. (laughs) Okay, now I'm going to play some of the audios of the TikToks that I've liked. Okay, this one is from Gary V, the MVP. I know a lot of people who make $47,000 a year that are really in solid places because they live a $38,000 a year lifestyle and they have a good sense of who they are and what makes them happy. And I know even more people who make $3 million a year live a $4.9 million a year lifestyle, have no idea who they are or what makes them happy and are completely swirling out of control. Money doesn't change you, money exposes you. So if you're in a bad place and you like wanted to prove everyone wrong and then you got the money, then you're gonna spend that money on dumb Yes, I love you, Gary. He's just all over it. Um, This next one was actually one that I literally just about an hour ago posted on my reel. So if you've seen my reel, you're going to hear the audio again. I hope you liked it. But I said, if I could have dinner with 90-year-old me, I think you'd tell me that I'm as amazing and as valuable as I'll ever need to be. That perfection is a myth, that time is a blip, that tomorrow is not promised. So recognize the present as a gift. That comparison will blind you because you can only be as beautiful as you allow yourself to see. That you're unique because you're meant to be. That humanity is incredibly lucky that because it has you. You tell me that life is challenging and that nothing's guaranteed. 
that it only gets harder when you speak ill of yourself and look for bad in the world. He'd tell you that the quicker you believe that you can be all you want to be, and the more you look for the good, the sooner you'll begin to see just how lovely life can be. I am mortal, we all are, that's what makes life precious. Life is like a pane of glass, it's never too late to wipe it clean and look at life through a new lens. Treat it with care and remember that what we touch is left with a mark of who we are and what we stand for. We only get one spin around, so be kind to yourself and make the most of it. I just loved that one so much as well. Um, I think it's pretty clear that I've been on a bit of a journey this year and I feel for the first time this week so at peace with who I am, who I have around me and where I'm going. And I'm so, I'm so happy with how I've dealt with my life and everything that's happened in the last few months. I'm really proud of how I've dealt with things. And I think that's a lot to do with just self-acceptance, self-love and, you know, just prioritizing yourself and not caring about what others think and say and do. So, yeah, I really liked that one. Next one is, um, oh, I should say his name. Um, This was from Bradley J. Drybra on, I found it on TikTok and then I posted it um, on Instagram and then I posted it on TikTok too. But, yeah, that's his tag. (laughs) This one is from Chris Williamson. I'm sure you all know who he is. Success is a strange thing. Presumably we want success because we think a more successful life will bring us more happiness, meaning and fulfillment. Here's the problem. We sacrifice the thing we want, happiness, for the thing which is supposed to get it, success. Failure can make you miserable, but I'm not sure that success will make you happy. Mm. One of the most common dynamics I see amongst high performers is this. Parents want their child to do well. Parents encourage their child to do well by praising when they succeed and criticizing when they fail. The child learns that praise and admiration is contingent on succeeding. Mm. That lesson metastasizes through early adulthood into, I am only worthy of love, acceptance and belonging if I succeed. Now, powered by internal feelings of insufficiency, this person is driven to achieve many things. They're prepared to outwork, outhustle, and outsuffer everyone else because they're not just running toward a life they want, they're running away from a life that they fear. Mm. Success and progress ameliorates the feelings of insufficiency. Therefore, success and progress have become prioritized above everything else. I feel like that so well articulates the last two years of my life. Like I put so much value, I put my entire self-worth on what I was achieving and what I was making and what I was doing within my work. And I found recently that if all of that taken was taken away from me, I would be the most insecure person with such low self-worth because I've just placed everything on that. Um. That's one of the things I've been working through a lot this year is just detaching from that and really accepting me for me and loving myself and not putting all of my worth on such external measures like that. So I really liked that one. This one is, oh my gosh, I don't even, oh, Tim Ross, his name is. I actually have no idea who he is. This just came into my um, into my feed. So yeah. You're not late. 
I'm 47 and now I'm a podcaster. Where is this going? We're going to find out. But let me give you who my inspiration was. Because obviously I had to think about it. I had to like, I'm 47. I'm changing careers. I have a 14 year old. I have a 12 year old. Who does this? I'm trying to pay off this house. Who leaves it? Who leaves a successful job? Let's go do something that a lot of people are already doing. Me. <laughs> Us. Right. Let me tell you who my inspiration was. Samuel L. Jackson. I was just about to say that. Were you really? Yeah. 40 years old. Yeah. Yep. Samuel L. Jackson was in his 40s when his acting career started. Not, hear me, not took off. Started. And that man has been in more highest grossing films than any other actor in human history. Did you hear what the words that just came out of my mouth? Samuel M. Effing Jackson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I love that as well. It's it's so easy to think like you're behind and you're not doing enough and you're not doing well enough. Um, 40 years old. That's crazy. Like you have so much time and you're still learning and um, you're going to do great. <laughs> so just stop putting so much pressure on the short term. Next one is a Simon Sinek snippet. I feel like these are going to go really long. Maybe I should share less. Oh, well, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> So I am uncomfortable with this concept of work-life balance um, because balance is achieved with two opposing forces. And why should work and life be in opposition, right? And uh, I, I don't think there's, if you don't have work-life balance, if you're struggling to find work-life balance, no amount of yoga will fix that, right? Um, taking off an extra week of vacation. And by the way, vacation means you're not working on the beach. That's just telecommuting from a beach. Um, um, but I believe in, in uh, that, the, that you're able to build a life where work and personal life become, uh, not, I don't want to say interchangeable, but smooth. And what I mean by that is they're not necessarily confined by hours in a day, but rather where I choose to give effort. So for example, if it's four o'clock in the afternoon, technically part of the work day, and you're hankering for a run because it's a day like this, you can go for a run. Like, that's, you know, and one of, the th one of the mistakes that I've made was treating things that are important to my mind, my body, my spirit, as something that I'm suppo only supposed to do off hours or on weekends. Sure. But just like I can't decide when I have an idea, sometimes it's on Saturday and sometimes it's in the evening, mm -hmm. I also can't decide when I need a break. Sometimes it's something I feel, not something I plan for. And so, We've gotten really good. It's imperfect. You know, sometimes responsibility takes precedence. But we've gotten really good in our little company that if somebody wants to take an afternoon to be with their kids, they put in their calendar with my kids. I, a long time ago, I used to have, when I, when I had um, a different form of a business before all of this stuff, we used to have things called duvet days, which I, I, get, I can't remember. We had like five duvet days a year or something. And a duvet day was... You wake up in the morning, you just don't want to come to work. You're totally healthy. Or it's a beautiful day and I just would rather go to the beach. So you'd call up and leave a message at 8 o'clock in the morning or 7 o'clock in the morning and be like, hey, I'm taking a duvet day, I'll see you tomorrow. And no one would bother you, right? And people are like, that's amazing that you do that sign. I'm like, people are doing that anyway. It's called, <coughs> hey, I think I have a 24-hour bug. I'm not going to be at work today. And they go to the beach. So just call it out. Um, you know, schedule. 
time at the gym in the middle of the day if that's when you like working out. And I just found the, the more seamless that we can make work and life, um, the more we start to enjoy both more because they're not, they're not opposing. Another one that I really love. Um, I could elaborate on that, but I'm probably not going to because this is going longer. And um, I feel like I've spoken on that so many times before. <laughs> but yeah, I, okay, I say that and then I go on to elaborate, lol. I just love this idea of flexibility when you do something you love and you have things you love to do outside of your work too. And those two things can work together and you can create this beautiful um, balance that isn't necessarily a work-life balance. It's just a beautiful blend of life and things you enjoy doing and I really like that this last one is a Jordan Peterson clip I've been on a deep dive of him lately TikTok's been giving me a lot of Jordan Peterson so um here's one of them sometimes the reason that you're suffering is because you just won't let go of the thing that's biting you that's not such a good idea the funny thing too often when people let something like that go it goes away sorts itself out and then comes back. So they don't even end up losing it. But unless they're willing to let it go, to sacrifice it, they make no headway whatsoever. And so one of the rules is, if people are impeding your development, you sacrifice your relationship with them, right? It's a very, very rough rule. A rough rule, but a necessary one. And I've had to do this this year, and I don't regret it. I feel amazing for it, and... You know, it does suck at the time and it's hard to do. It is really hard to do. Um, but straight after, you will be like hit with this just peace and this ease and this like, it's just, it feels right. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to end on that, guys. Thank you so much for listening again. I hope you enjoyed this. This was kind of the first like info heavy ep in a while mixed with a little life stuff at the end. Um, So I hope you liked this little blend. Please let me know what you think and thank you so much. I really appreciate you all. Have a wonderful day.